0: Hi, you're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast, focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, for episode 94, we've got a great episode with Roy Scheinfeld. But first, let me introduce the podcast sponsors. So firstly, Kraken. I'm really impressed with the way Kraken operate. They have just such an incredible focus on security. They operate Kraken Security Labs. They act ethically in the space as well, donating to organizations like Coin Center. They are one of the biggest, they're one of the longest standing Bitcoin exchanges as well. They're consistently rated the best. They've got a high quality platform. You've got high trading volume and low fees. Don't forget Kraken have 24-7 support. They're also not just for individuals, they're quite popular with institutions as well. If you're an institution, they offer the highest available API rate limits. There is a Kraken OTC desk as well for those block trades. Kraken offer five fiat currencies and also offer margin and futures trading. So to learn more and sign up, go to the Kraken link in the show notes. Have you looked into unchained capital? They're a Bitcoin financial services company and they offer a two of three keys multi-signature vault product. And you still maintain control with your two keys and unchained capital would be the third key in that scenario. And so multi-signature helps protect you against that proverbial $5 wrench attack as well as a physical theft of one of your wallets. Customers who create an unchained vault also get three free months of access to Safe Dynamoose's Bitcoin standard research bulletin. And Unchained also offer Bitcoin collateralized loans. So you can put up Bitcoins and get back USD liquidity without selling your Bitcoins. And this might be more tax advantageous because you're not triggering a capital gains event. So consider your scenario. But while that loan is outstanding, your Bitcoin is stored in a dedicated Multisig address under collaborative custody. So to learn more and sign up, go to the link in the show notes. So the episode today is with Roy Scheinfeld. He's the co-founder and CEO of Breeze Technology. So we talk about why he's excited about Lightning Network and what are some of the problems that Lightning Network can help solve. And we also talk about how Lightning Network may evolve with this concept of Lightning service providers and then how that can interact with the user in terms of things like getting inbound channel liquidity, in terms of how we can quickly get people set up on the Lightning Network as well. So it's a really fascinating discussion and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Here's the interview. Roy, welcome to the show. Hey, Stefan. Great to be here. So Roy, I've seen you've been writing some interesting posts on Medium and obviously you're the CEO and founder of Breeze Technology. So can you just give us a little bit of a background on yourself on on you and also you know a little bit of your story on Bitcoin? Sure. Sure,
1: I'd be happy to. So hi, I'm a software software engineer uh, by training. Uh, I've been working in different uh, positions in the Israeli high tech industry for the past uh, fifteen years. My my previous company that I found that I founded was an enterprise B two B company uh, around document collaboration called Harmony. And in 2007, uh, 2017, I left Harmony uh, in order to found the uh, Breeze uh, and the trigger was the Lightning Network, essentially. Uh, I read the paper, the white paper uh, about the Lightning Network. Uh, I saw the great progress that L&D and c lightning are making with Lightning Network, and I realized there's an opportunity to bring uh, something new to the market. Uh, so. Uh, alongside with uh, two uh, two partners, uh, we found we decided to found Breeze and start a, a new adventure in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Actually, with three of us, uh, the three founders, uh, we've been investing in Bitcoin since uh, 2013. So we're not new to Bitcoin, but we decided to do to to roll up our sleeves and actually do something to help Bitcoin.
0: Back in those days, and I've, I've mentioned this earlier on the podcast as well, is in the 2013 and 14 days, there was this massive focus on this idea of merchant adoption. And I think people were sort of putting the cart before the horse and not realizing that this thing is going to proceed through stages. But definitely, there are some, let's call it user interface or user experience components that Lightning Network can really help solve for Bitcoin. I think a couple of examples might just be things like overpayments, underpayments, the timing of the payments, and I think you were you were really touching on some of these in some of your medium posts. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what some of those problems are with just trying to use Bitcoin standard, you know, normal Bitcoin transactions as the payment network itself?
1: Sure, sure. So I think there are three main problems three main issues in the in the blockchain that uh, the lightning network helps uh, mitigate uh, the first issue is uh, is the, the the time it takes to confirm a transaction so best case uh, it takes at least 10 minutes to 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 confirm a bitcoin transaction uh, and worst case, it can it can also take hours. So so you don't want to get into a coffee shop, uh, order a coffee, pay with Bitcoin, and wait uh, ten minutes till the transaction is approved, right? So so uh, Lightning Network uh, in using the Lightning Network, a uh, transaction can occur within seconds, uh, which is actually the the user experience that is the uh, uh that users want that user expect uh, so from my standpoint uh, lightning network really can help uh, bitcoin be on par with fiat uh, in terms of user experience and 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 the time of transaction is uh, is is, uh, is is crucial so that's one point uh, the other point is uh, scalability uh, so we want to, to onboard uh, all the people in the world and to re- to, for Bitcoin to replace a fiat economy, if we're actually serious about that, if we actually want to do that, uh, Bitcoin needs to scale. So you can't have like between seven to 10 transactions per second. You need to be uh, at least three or four order magnitude uh, better. And uh, Lightning Network helps uh, Bitcoin uh, scale. So it's very scalable there's no actually there's no limit uh, to the number of transactions that can occur per second it's also it's just a, a function of the size of the lightning network uh, so scalability is key and the uh, the third uh, the third issue is the the fee the fees uh, so on-chain uh, on-chain transaction is uh, costly it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of work uh, to maintain the, the, the blockchain, uh, rightfully so. That's why it's the most secure uh, cryptocurrency uh, that, uh, that exists right now. Uh, so it can't really handle microtransaction. If you want to buy something that costs uh, a, a buck and the fee is, is a buck, uh, that's not, uh, that's not, uh, that doesn't make sense so the fees must must be much lower in order to to, to handle microtransactions and we want uh, bitcoin to penetrate real world economy and there's a lot of microtransactions in the real world uh, economy and in the real world commerce so that's why uh, that's why i love uh, lightning network you can uh, do
0: a lot of transaction within seconds with very low fees Excellent. And and I'm all for that. And I think one thing that's been a little difficult, and part of this is just because we're early, is that it's difficult to keep up with all of the different pieces of lightning network technology and software concepts that are evolving very rapidly before our eyes. And you had a really good post recently called Lightning at the End of the Tunnel. And it was a really good, in some sense, summary of some of the key points to consider. So it might be good to Speak to some of those and how, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about what is the user experience problem or challenge to be faced and then what's Breeze sort of doing uh, to help mitigate that. So a quick example or we could start with is the zero configuration versus the autopilot idea. Do you want to touch on that for us? Uh,
1: sure, sure. So zero, the idea behind zero configuration it's is the fact that a Lightning Network uh, client just need to work. <laughs> uh, we want users to install a software, to install an app on their mobile phone and everything to seamlessly work. We want a seamless onboarding experience. So zero configuration means the user doesn't need to know all the concepts behind Lightning Network in order to use Lightning Network. He doesn't need to know about channels. He doesn't need to know about nodes. It doesn't need to know about inbound ca- capacity or outbound capacity. You know, all of these are, are implementation details that needs to be hidden from the end user. For, from an end user standpoint, the software just needs to work exactly like you install Venmo or you install Zelle or you install uh, PayPal and it just works. Uh, Bitcoin and, and using Lightning Network just need to work seamlessly for the end user. So the idea behind the zero configuration is for how do we do do we get to a, to a point to a place where the user user just installs the software and and and, it, and the user uh, connected is seamlessly connected to the network and it can uh, immediately transact on top of the lightning network so there are, Two solutions, I think, uh, that uh, I'm proposing, I'm presenting in my article. One is called uh, Autopilot. Uh, by the way, Breeze doesn't use Autopilot. Uh, we are going uh, on a different uh, path, uh, we'll, w- which will I, uh, I'll explain in a second. Uh, Autopilot uh, means that the, uh, once uh, the user transferred a certain amount of Bitcoin to, to his wallet, Then the channels are automatically opened based on a a specific algorithm. It can be the reliability of the uh, the nodes. It can can be based on the uptime of the nodes. It can be based on the, the connectivity level of the nodes. But the idea behind Autopilot is that the user doesn't have to choose specific nodes to connect to. Each, the autopilot chooses for him the, the notes that uh, he's going to establish channels with. That's the idea behind the autopilot. The problem with autopilot is the fact that the user needs to fund the channels, meaning, once these channels are established, uh, the user can't receive uh, transactions. He needs to spend money in order to be able to receive money. That's the challenge with Autopilot. So even if the algorithm works uh, works great and uh, and the channels are opened seamlessly and the user doesn't need to know anything about the nodes that he's connected to, the problem is that it still uh, needs to, to spend money in order to receive money.
0: Yep, so let me just um, clarify that. Uh, I think most of my listeners uh, tend to be intermediate or advanced, but just to keep it accessible, what you're, I think what you're getting at there, Roy, is that let's say you use a wallet that has autopilot and say it's got Neutrino and you fund that by sending Bitcoin uh, to the wallet, it automatically opens the channels. The problem then is in this ab- abacus analogy, all the beads are sitting on your side. So you have no capacity to receive an incoming transaction on the Lightning Network at that point because you need somebody else to open a channel to you for that. Or we need something like dual funded channels, which is again a future Mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. And so then do you want to just talk to a little bit around how Breeze tries to overcome that problem? Sure, sure.
1: So there is a second solution to to the auto configuration is, is to the zero configuration is what i called uh, by the way i really like the fact that you use the abacus analogy which was also presented in one of my articles uh, uh, so an lsp is another concept that i i try to push and uh, uh, lsp exactly like an isp is a, it's a service that connects you to the lightning network so what Breeze is doing, when a user installs Breeze, a channel is automatically opened from the Breeze hub or in the new terminology, the Breeze LSP. Uh, uh, the channel is automatically opened to the end user node. And then uh, uh, the user doesn't fund the channel. Coming back to the Abacus analogy, all the beads are on the LSP side. So the user can immediately receive uh, receive uh, transactions uh, after uh, he installs the app. So everything happen, happens seamlessly. The LSP as a service, it's a well-connected hub. Uh, it's a hub that manages all the, the, uh, uh, the connectivity to the network. So it, it's connected to other hubs as well. And it manages the liquidity and, the, and it's very well balanced, the hub. So it's a, it's a quality of service. Uh, it provides a high quality of service to end user. Unlike Autopilot, the user knows uh, the LSP that uh, is connected to. So there is accountability here and there is inbound liquidity. And LSP, an LSP also provides inbound liquidity. So that's the way we've implemented uh, that in Breeze. Uh, When a user installs Breeze, payment channel is automatically opened from the Breeze hub to the end user node. So once the channel is confirmed, the user can immediately transact on the Lightning
0: Network and it can receive funds seamlessly. And so here's the thing, doesn't that cost Breeze a lot of money to do that for every new user?
1: So the question is uh, what do you mean it costs breeze uh, we put up uh, we lock uh, uh, funds it's still our money so we, we don't we, we don't spend the money it's not uh, uh, it's not like the the it, it's not like uh, uh, you know we spend it, 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 it there is uh, the way that Lightning Network works in general, you need to 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 put some funds up front in order to provide liquidity to the network. So we've decided that uh, we want to bootstrap uh, the Lightning Network. So in order to do that, we put we lock some of our funds inside the Lightning Network. So the 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 the, the roadmap uh, in regards to Breeze is we don't want to undertake the entire the entire efforts the entire effort ourselves. So we actually want to become an LSP platform, not just an LSP provider. So we want to uh, uh, use uh, third-party LSPs. We want to present to the user other LSPs that he will able to connect to. So so yes, so uh, we think that in order to bootstrap uh, the Lightning economy, uh, more use more providers more companies more individual by the way it can be also individual it can be uh, a, a user running a full node uh, uh, at his home everyone uh, needs to can become an L- lsp and once uh, once even the big players like let's say exchanges uh, will get into the picture then we'll have enough liquidity in order to bootstrap the lighting network
0: Fascinating. And so then the idea might be that a user might install Breeze Wallet and have different potential LSPs who they can go with to receive an incoming channel from? Exactly. And, and, and even
1: not a single LSP. Unlike an ISP, it, uh, the user will be able to choose multiple LSPs. Uh, so technically, it will represent uh, multiple channels in the underlying implementation but the idea is not to to lock the user to a specific vendor but to allow the user based on the bitcoin principle of decentralization we want to enable the user to do whatever he wants to connect to uh, his uh, lsp of choice and to be able even to connect to multiple lsps
0: yeah that's an interesting idea and i can definitely see some value to that because if you were reliant on one single lsp then you could theoretically be held hostage in some certain ways that for example they might censor your payments or they might for example set a very high fee rate so that you must pay a massive fee to route any kind of payment through their uh, hub or through that channel that you have with them but then obviously in a competitive market with multiple lsps that competitive pressure will hopefully drive down the fee Exactly, exactly. It's drive down the fee and
1: improve the quality of service. So there are a couple of uh, uh, fees, one parameter. Uh, there are other criteria like the quality of service, the, the reliability, the percentage of failed transactions. There's a lot of uh, stuff that, going, that uh, are included in, in being a, a good citizen in terms of a hub or an LSP so we want the user to to have an 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 handle on the choice and to be able to choose the lsp that he wants to go with and like you said it will be a competitive market where where LSPs will compete on end users uh, which is the right way to go
0: and another thing i was thinking of so to your point earlier how you were saying it's not necessarily a Cost, but in some sense, you are locking up UTXOs with a particular uh, user who has downloaded Breeze Wallet, for example. And so, in that way, from a business entrepreneur point of view, could that be considered like working capital? And if you have a lot of users who you open the channel to them, now, yes, it's true, you're not spending the money to them, but you are, in some sense, tying up that UTXO in the channel to that user and so could it be considered sort of like working capital and that you're tying up capital to the given yeah. user? Yes, I think so. I'm not an accountant but yes I
1: think it's a war, It's it goes under the definition of working capital, yeah.
0: Right, and then I wonder is there much of an entrepreneurial decision there around which users you open that channel with? I, a quick example I can just think of the, off the top of my head: there might be some, there might be a many users who just download the wallet, install it, use it one time, and then just never use it again. Yeah. And so at that time, Breeze Technology or whoever other is whoever else is being the LSP has now opened up and used a UTXO that way. But I guess after some period of inactivity, would you then try to? revoke that or close the channel that's exactly what we're doing
1: so currently we have a very simple mechanism where we close inactive channels after a period of 30 days that's a that's a business decision but there there can be many business decisions so the lsp uh, it's exactly like the 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 user has a freedom of choice uh, for the lsp that serves him the lsp also has a freedom of choice to serve the the users that they want to serve so there can be a lot of uh, business decisions that going into uh into into a uh, uh, how and uh, and why and for how long to to keep the channel open because uh, the you the lst uh, can ch- close the channel uh, whenever they want and there's no not a problem with that the question is if they want to maximize to maximize the the uh, the potential of the customer, how and, and why should they do that?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to me because I wonder, like, so obviously right now it's early days, right? But mm-hmm. I wonder if after, over time, what would the fees sort of settle to in a more quote-unquote arm's length market, right? So rather than like, oh, you're my friend, I'll just open a channel to you just, you know, because you're a Bitcoiner and there's not that many Bitcoiners, that kind of thing but what happens in you know in the future would the fee rate settle to something like 1% or even a bit maybe a bit less than that and so it would still work out cheaper than say credit card processing but uh, i wonder that... do you have any thoughts on that so yeah so i think i think uh, and that's another thing that i'm
1: trying to push is the to to make people understand and to educate people about the fact that bitcoin's bitcoin need to go peer to peer the entire way so bitcoin can't Stay at the the, the store value uh, level. It needs to, to become a medium of exchange. In order for uh, we don't want to uh, Bitcoin censorship censorship resistant, right? We don't want people, uh, or government, or institutions, or third party to block Bitcoin from the mo- moment of the moment of conversion between medium between store value and medium of exchange, right? So in order for bitcoin to succeed it needs to be uh, it needs to, to be a medium of exchange now the question is uh, why you know what's the benefit uh, so i think uh, once we'll have a true peer to peer economy uh, then uh, then uh, we'll have a lot more competition by definition because it's peer to peer and that's the reason the fees we want companies to succeed we want, we want uh, people to make uh, to be able to to create successful venture ventures to be able to sustain uh, the lightning economy and the bitcoin economy so i think the uh, lsp's needs to make money but they need to make a lot less money than the current uh, fiat and third party intermediates so i think eventually the fees will be much much lower than Current fiat rates, uh, I think it will be. I, I think uh, uh, even less than half a percent. Uh, but I, I don't think it will be free. I don't think it's sustainable with with a with a in a frim model.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very insightful comment, and I think we should recognize that and be open to that and recognize the reality that somebody has to lock up capital in some sense, even if it's not necessarily spending, that they mm-hmm. are still locking up UTXOs, and that still has a cost in terms of on-chain fees required to open those channels. There and is a lot the of other cost...
1: com... yeah. yeah, sorry, go
0: ahead. Go on. I, I'm saying it's not the, on, the only cost. There is a
1: lot of cost uh, uh, going into managing a, a well, uh, an LSP with a good uh, SLA. Uh, if we right. want, if we want Bitcoin to have uh, like ninety nine point nine nine nine, you know, the next nine reliability, five nines, <laughs> yeah, five <laughs> nines, six nines, and even even uh, seven nines, we want to get to the next nine. And uh, and if we want to get to the next nine, someone needs to take care of that. And it, there's a lot of cost going into running a successful hub or a successful LSP. It means rebalancing. It means uh, high reliability in terms of cloud uptime. It's a lot of work. So it's not just locking the, the working capital, which also costs money. You know, currently with services like BlockFi or other, other uh, crypto loan services, you, get, uh, you can get a 5% uh, interest on your Bitcoins. So locking up that in, in the Lightning Network has a cost. Uh, add to that the the the, the, the work the, the you know the work that goes into managing uh, an LSP and, and, and managing a hub uh, it, it, it's not sustainable as a free model someone needs to pay for that by the way it doesn't mean the end user will pay for that uh, because we want to serve businesses as well so Uh, there's a specific, there's there's certainly a scenario where it will be free for end users, but it will cost money for merchants.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting model as well. And I think, I mean, people can talk about incidents as well. And okay, the customers still pay it, but that fee is just kind of built into the cost. Just as today, when you buy a coffee or whatever, really, the credit card processing fee is just worked into the cost of buying that coffee. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think what we need to... Go on. I'm just saying.
1: I think what we need to t- to to make sure is that the, the 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 system, the network, is decentralized. It doesn't uh, it doesn't depend on, on on large players. It needs to be open. It needs to be decentralized. It needs to be peer to peer, and that will drive the cost. Uh, th- that will will drive lower costs.
0: Yeah. And now another area I'm keen to discuss with you, Roy, is just around managing the off-chain balance versus the on-chain balance. Now, so just for the listeners who are not familiar with that idea, let's say, I mean, there are different ways and approaches to this. Some wallets take this idea of having, you know, Bitcoins that are held just as standard UTXOs and then showing you a separate lightning balance. But what's your thinking around how Breeze Wallet uh, Presents it and how to sort of manage that.
1: Yeah. So again, you know, my passion, my my dream is to have a, a lightning service that uh, provides an on par user experience uh, exactly like a uh, Fiat. Uh, so multiple balances doesn't work, right? The user needs to open uh, his uh, app. Uh, by the way, I don't really like the term wallet. Because by the end of the day, it's a payment service, not just a wallet. Uh, You don't think about Venmo or about Zelle as wallets, right? You just use them as payment apps. Uh, Right. So the user needs to open the payment application and see balance. And and he wants to spend all the balance that he sees in uh, in his balance, right? It needs to be that simple. So the problem with, uh, with uh, Bitcoin slash Lightning is the fact that you need to manage on-chain balance uh, and, an, and an off-chain balance. And the, even the off-chain balance can be divided into multiple channels. And currently there is no uh, AMP support, so you can't really uh, spend, uh, spend funds that exist in multiple channels in, su- in, in a single transaction. So uh, the first challenge is how to consolidate the on-chain balance with the off-chain balance. And in Breeze, uh, we went into a very unique architecture. We only maintain an off-chain balance. So it's a lightning-only solution. We don't expose a Bitcoin on-chain wallet. We don't do that. Uh, that's why that's that's the way that, that's our way to show the user a single balance. So the user sees when he opens Breeze, he only sees uh, uh, the, the the off-chain balance. Uh, and, 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 and and in order to implement that and in order to uh, to be able to to show a single balance, we actually used a technology called Submarine Swap. Uh, So the user will be able to top up uh, his wallet uh, by using an on-chain transaction, but submarine swap helps uh, the user because it converts the the on-chain transaction to an off-chain transaction. So whenever a user top up his wallet, uh, it it actually doesn't go uh, into a local Bitcoin wallet. What happens, we present an on-chain address But the on-chain address is a submarine-swap script. Uh, So Breeze is obligated to to execute an off-chain transaction to the funds that are received in the on-chain address.
0: Ah, Very clever. So then a couple of other points. So what if the user... So for example, the user sets up a Breeze wallet and they get a 1 million sat incoming channel. And then let's say they want to send, they do something like, oh, I want to send 10 million sats wow. uh, on-chain to my Breeze wallet. We have a lot of users Sorry. like
1: that. All <laughs> so, uh, right. So the submarine swap defines a time lock. And in this specific time lock, the, the off-chain transaction can occur in a specific time lock. If Breeze identified that the, the user has, has put up more bitcoins than the limit than the channel capacity actually it's the current channel capacity right then then uh, the user will have to wait till this time lock is uh, is expired uh, currently it's 48 hours and after the 48 hours the user is presented with a, a get a refund action uh, in breeze and he he, he can he then uh, able to take the take the, the funds and, and transfer them to to another Bitcoin address, an on-chain address.
0: Right, like a, another Bitcoin wallet, say. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's an interesting approach because the way you have it set up now, it's much more instantaneous in terms of setup time um, because I suppose it can be difficult for a newbie to think about Okay, first I've got to install, let's say, C-Lightning and then a Spark Wallet, or I need to install L&D and then Zap or some other phone wallet. And it's not necessarily fast to get set up. Whereas with Breeze, it's a little bit more like a install at one time and off you go.
1: That, that, that's the entire idea. I think there's a lot of advantages to, uh, to the way that we do that. Uh, one is the onboarding experience. Unlike uh, Bitcoin wallets, by the way, we have a seedless uh, onboarding experience because it's lightning only and you don't have to maintain an, an on-chain wallet. The, the, on, the, the installation and the entire onboarding experience uh, is, is very, very slick, And there's no seed and there's no it's a zero configuration. There's no need to, to fund the channel. You don't need to think about channels. Everything just uh, happens uh, uh, seamlessly. Uh, we don't target the users that want to run their own uh, full node. Uh, you you want to run your own full node, you know, all the power to you. Uh, uh, we aim, uh, we target mainstream users. Uh, we want to onboard the masses to Bitcoin and to the Lightning economy. Uh, and, and that's why we want to create a service that is uh, is uh, installable by everyone. So... So it just need to work. So that you know, that's our motto. It just need to work. And so, so that's the way we've designed breeze, and that's the way. Uh, not everything is 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 uh, is uh, is available right now. There
0: are challenges still, but uh, that's the spirit. Hey guys, a quick word for a new sponsor, Manning Publications. Manning are an independent publisher of computer books and video seminars for software developers. You might recall, they are the publisher of Grokking Bitcoin by Kalli Rosenbaum, who I spoke to on episode 77. Grokking Bitcoin is a fantastic resource for any Bitcoiner looking to deepen their knowledge because it helps explain Bitcoin at a more technical level while still being accessible. I also know a lot of my listeners are software developers, so you'll also enjoy other Manning titles such as Real World Cryptography or Math for Programmers. They've also got books on Python, Rust, C++, C Sharp, Go, and many more. Go to manning.com and use my promo code, Lovera, for 40% off all their products, whether it's books or videos. So deepen your knowledge of Bitcoin, cryptography, and software development. And if you haven't already, get Grokking Bitcoin at 40% off. So now, back to the interview. And with the seedless setup... What does that imply then for the user and the keys? Uh, Is it that the keys are still held by the user? They're not held by the user? How does that work here?
1: Yeah, so of course the keys are held by the user. uh, But uh, the fact that you don't uh, maintain an on-chain wallet, the seed doesn't give you a lot of uh, advantage. Uh, If the user will write down the seed, uh, then what? You will be able to restore only the on-chain funds, because we don't have any on-chain funds, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to expose the system. Uh, But the keys are held by the user. We currently have an automatic backup uh, to Google Drive. Uh, We're going to support iCloud uh, soon. Uh, But uh, the the entire idea behind Breeze is how to make a great user experience in a non-custodial fashion. So we don't want to break the Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin values, the Bitcoin principles of uh, minimized trust and decentralization. Uh, so the, the keys are held by the user in with Lightning Network. When you run your own node and and the mobile device runs a, a light node based on Neutrino, then uh, then it's get it it's much more complicated than just managing uh, an on chain wallet. Uh, so we provided uh, another interface, which is the Google Drive backup, uh, and we'll add more vendors uh, down the road, uh, where the user will have control over the node.
0: Yeah, right. It's, it's fascinating as well that you guys have taken a more uh, the engineering approach to go and actually code up submarine swaps and have that implemented. Because then I, I presume then that will also help you later down the line when, say, you want to set up for merchants or set up for individuals and then they need to do, you know, to refill their balance. Uh, or let's say uh, another example might be if you're a merchant and all, again, in that abacus analogy, all the beads are now on your side and you need to now push them back out to the other side. And I understand with Lightning Labs, they have this thing, I think it's called loop out, right? Yeah. And I, I presume it's basically, it's a submarine swap, right? So yes, would, yes. would that be a similar kind of idea for Breeze if you were yeah. to have merchants?
1: Definitely, definitely. And so we also have the way, we have a, a like a, a loop, out, loop out service already In Breeze, you can remove funds and make a lightning transaction to our hub, and our hub will make an on-chain transaction. So, in order to, you know, to again to deal with uh, liquidity, with inbound liquidity. So, so actually, I don't see much difference uh, uh, between use cases with between peer-to-peer use cases and 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 point-of-sale merchant use cases. Users want to receive money as well users have to deal with uh, inbound liquidity as well uh, merchant uh, likewise uh, i think what uh, specifically is interesting for merchant is the ability to to do that is to is to take the the incoming bitcoins and at least at the first stage of of uh, penetrating the real world economy they will want to convert their bitcoins to fiat in real time or in near real time. So I think that's the only service which will be kind of unique for merchants. But we actually are working on a merchant solution based on a single source code. So we, we're taking the our client and we're giving, giving it a skin of a point of sale is, and it will be presented differently uh, to the end user, it will be like, I don't know if you're familiar with like a, a square uh, oh, yeah. interface. So it's, it's going to be like a square uh, app, uh, but in a non-custodial fashion and all the capabilities of the end user will exist in the point of sale. One of the things that we're implementing in the context of a point of, a point of sale is NFC support. So we really dislike uh, QRs. Uh, we want to improve uh, payment experience as well. So for uh, peer-to-peer transactions, we've implemented call, something called the uh, Connect to Pay, which you, which uh, in which you can share a link with your friend, and all the payment is done via this link uh, instead of a uh, QR code. And for merchants, we want to support NFCs. NFC, so users will be able to pay merchants simply by you know, tapping their phone.
0: Right. So that link, how does that work? Would that require the user to have fast internet? So the link, uh, you mean the peer-to-peer uh, link? Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, it, uh, you know, a normal internet. It needs to be connected to the internet because uh, like both when you do a payment in the Lightning Network, both of the nodes needs to need, need to be online at the same time. So the user needs to have a decent internet connection for the payment to to go through. But uh, it's not necessarily a high bandwidth internet.
0: Uh, Let's talk a little bit about routing as well. So currently, the Lightning Network is source routing. Uh, So you... So one of the, I guess, criticisms of some of the, the lightning bears, let's say, is they say, oh, but hang on, if you've got a low power mobile device, how is that mobile device going to be able to compute, you know, maintain the topology of the lightning network in its small memory and compute a route? Uh, what's what's the thinking that you have on that?
1: I'll, I'll say something that is off topic for a second. If you want to present Criticize is a, 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 an emerging technology, you're not doing the right thing. Uh, the good thing about uh, Bitcoin and the, and the great thing about uh, Bitcoin and Lightning Network is uh, is the fact that these are technologies that are, are, are designed for real world usage uh, and they're taking uh, small steps in order to build a very solid, very robust infrastructure. So the, the, the currently lightning network is implementing source uh, route, routing uh, coupled with uh, onion routing because that's what uh, that's enough for now for the capacity of the of the lightning network right now uh, that's enough i can tell you that uh, we in breeze have a great uh, a, a great payment experience every payment is done in in just a few seconds and and, and all all this is done with very simple, very naive source source routing. Also in the source routing, there's a lot of uh, optimizations that are being done. We use an LND, LND just came out with a a 0.7 release that uh, includes a lot of uh, optimization in in regards to routing. Uh, So first I suggest this uh, criticizer to take a look at the uh, ongoing work that is being done. For the future, uh, uh, everyone recognized that it, it, it won't sustain a large uh, a large network. So in order to sustain a large network, we need a different routing algorithm. There are, I think, uh, I, I cover in one of my articles, I have a specific article about routing. I cover two... Uh, uh, to, to propose the algorithm, one, one of the algorithm is called trampoline routing, which basically means you outsource the routing to a trampoline node. A trampoline node is a, tr- is, is a node that has uh, the entire visibility on the network. Unlike a mobile device uh, that runs the light node, uh, and can't have uh, the entire topology of the network. Uh, uh, it, it can ha- hold uh, the entire topology of the network. A trampoline node is a well-connected node that runs uh, that runs uh, in a server and and gets a consistent updates on the topology of the network and has uh, the the entire visibility of the network. So basically, you outsource the the, the routing uh, calculation to a trampoline node the question is is how to preserve privacy because uh, we, uh, one of the things that is easily uh, attainable when using uh, a source routing is the fact that you can do an online routing and then uh, you maintain your privacy so the question with trampoline the challenge with trampoline is how you outsource the route uh, but still maintain privacy and there's different i won't get into too much of the technical details but there are there are there are proposals to 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 handle the privacy for example to do to do a a two-layered onion routing from the source node to the trampoline node and from the trampoline node to the destination that's one proposal
0: excellent yeah i think some of this stuff is interesting i sometimes I'm not able to fully follow, but sometimes I, I see on the Lightning Dev mailing list, they'll come up with different ideas and you know rendezvous routing and so on, and there's different yeah. ideas being thrown around. It's yeah. interesting to see uh, how quickly it's evolving. Mm-hmm. And
1: even people from outside, I saw a proposal for ant routing, uh, uh, which is based on the uh, pheromones that the ant uh, provide when going to seek out uh, food. And there's another proposal based on that. And this is coming from outside the developers, uh, which is great. Everyone is contributing to
0: Lightning. Great. So let's also talk about Neutrino, which is another concept or compact block filters, which is... uh, software that's being pushed by lightning labs and that's you know that's one idea that they have implemented within the lightning mobile app which is a Mm -hmm. neutrino client Mm -hmm. does do you have any uh, thoughts there and is breeze making use of any of that or not really
1: yeah yeah definitely so breeze again it's a non-custodial wallet the way to implement currently a non-custodial wallet is there are basically two two paths you can go uh, one is using uh, Electron, and the other is using Neutrino. Uh, we're using LND, that's why we're using Neutrino. Uh, and we we were the first uh, client to run Neutrino, both on uh, Android and, and on iOS. Uh, uh, so we contribute to, to the Neutrino stack as well. Uh, and it's been... It's been uh, great. And I think neutrino is a very uh, good, very solid uh, technology, and it's it works uh, quite well. For me, the challenge with neutri- neutrino is uh, is actually not technical challenge. It's more of a philosophical challenge. Is when you run neutrino, when you write. When you run uh, uh, light nodes, uh, how do we ensure that enough people run uh, full nodes? Uh, so I don't. There's a challenge. It's like a like a like a, a game theory challenge. We need enough. We, we need a lot full node. We need everyone needs to run. But by by by, by the, the the intention the goal is for everyone to run full nodes. So if we're making it easy for people to run light nodes, what will be the motivation to run a full node? Uh, so that's my challenge with uh, with neutrino. Uh, so the way that we've 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 mitigated that in Breeze is we actually exposing the the URL. Of the of the, the full node neutrino is communicating with. Uh, so the user can actually configure a different uh, a different uh, a different full node uh, so so we expose the trust and we minimize the trust by allowing user to to, to, to define to configure a different full node. The question is with the BIP uh, 157 when the you know the BIP 157 already merged into the master uh, of Bitcoin, uh, and once uh, all the Bitcoin core nodes will run uh, BIP uh, 157, there will be a question uh, if whether we need to keep this configuration or to remove this configuration because uh, everything can happen seamlessly without configuration, and then. I'm coming back to the philosophical question on how to ensure that uh, enough people run uh, full nodes. We actually have a, we have a dream in Breeze that all mobile de- to 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 uh, to help mobile devices run uh, full nodes as well. Currently it's very challenging because of the mobile operating system, because of bandwidth and because of storage limitations, but I think uh, I think uh, our goal is to run, uh, it's a bit of a dreamy goal, but this is our goal is to run full nodes in mobile devices as well.
0: Right. Um, And just to clarify that point you were making about how if BIP-157 were to be turned on by default, is that what you were getting at there rather than right now where the Breeze wallets, all of the, you know, people are out there with their smartphones, it's, Pulling back against the Breeze technology node, and I, I presume then, if I understand you correctly, that you were considering there the idea that each Breeze wallet might just pull out to a random node. Is that what you're mm-hmm.
1: saying? Yes, yes, exactly. So currently, we have a configuration that in the configuration by default, uh, it uh, con- it communicates uh, the Breeze wallet communicates with uh, with uh, Breeze uh, full node. Uh, so by the way, it's uh, it's not just a regular BTCD node. It doesn't. Uh, it's not our hub or anything like that. Uh, so users can already uh, define a different node and configure a different node in order not to trust Breeze. Uh, uh, that's one of our design goals as well: is to remove all trust in Breeze. So it's already available. The question: if you connect randomly to a node. And that's the challenge with uh, BIP-157 is uh, how do you expose, one, how do you expose uh, the trust? Because I believe that everything that has trust needs to be exposed to the end user. If it just connects randomly, how do you expose this? That there's a trust element there. And secondly, if if it's that easy, how do we ensure that enough user enough users run their own full nodes
0: yeah those are definitely big considerations i think we definitely do want to encourage people to run their own full node and so uh, the way i've sort of encouraged people is maybe if they do take a you know some of these wallets that are not running off their own full node that they try to transition towards a full node wallet Uh, but at the same time recognizing there are some people who just are not in a position to do that Mm-hmm. but I mean some trade-offs so, I've as, heard a ex-
1: as a technical person I don't I also want to make technical advances and because I, I believe mobile is the holy grail I wish uh, we were able to run uh, uh, full nodes in mobile devices there are projects that does that already but they need to be connected at all times unlike mobile devices so, but we, we have we have a target in Breeze also to tackle this challenge as well.
0: And another one I was keen to ask you around is in Lightning Network, part of the security model is what's called justice transactions. So okay. if somebody tries to cheat you with a breach transaction, your, ideally your software, so in this example, your l might pick that up and then broadcast a justice transaction to stop them stealing from you basically mm-hmm. how does breeze approach this and is there any idea of using of watchtowers or just use of breeze technologies uh servers or how does that work
1: so so we have a background the channel watcher job that runs periodically periodically on the mobile device uh, even if the app is doesn't work doesn't uh, is not in the foreground uh, that uh, check the the status of uh, the channels and whenever this background watcher identifies that the status of your channel the change it triggers you it prompts you to open dris in order to broadcast this uh, justice uh, transaction if necessary so we actually have like a watchtower uh, you can say uh, which is implemented in the client it's not a, it's not a watchtower because it's not a node, uh, a third-party node monitoring uh, this channel, but it's your uh, your client is actually running periodically a watcher that uh, that uh, that tries to understand if the channel status has changed has changed. Now that's without trust because the user can configure it runs in the same. A uh, neutrino full node, the architecture. It's actually neutrino that is responsible responsible to understand if the 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 status of the channel have, have changed. Uh, so if the users currently, if they by default uses the breeze node, uh, they trust breeze to provide the right uh, full node information to your neutrino light client. But if you configure it to your own full node then uh, you don't trust Breeze and you actually monitoring uh, your channels periodically based on your own uh, full node information. So that's already, this is something that we already integrated into our product.
0: Oh, that's very clever. So let me understand that then. So you might set up a Breeze wallet and you might have an incoming channel from Breeze. However, you might not actually be using Breeze's node. You might actually pair it back or connect it back against your own node. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're getting the channel from one thing, from Breeze, um, but you're actually getting your blocks and your data from your own full node. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That's already available in the product. Now, where I want to use and leverage the Watchtower technology is uh, is where currently their time lock, our time lock, our HTLC is defined to, to a week, uh, 1,080 blocks. Uh, so if you don't open your mobile device, if the mobile device uh, has been shut down for a week, for more, more than a week, then there's a challenge that... Uh, Uh, that uh, you won't be able to broadcast uh, the justice transactions if someone is trying to cheat you. Uh, Now, that's a challenge. Uh, Where I want to leverage the Watchtower technology is, I wish there was a Watchtower service where you can provide the different means of communication uh, to the end user, meaning, for example, the user can provide an email address or uh, or even a phone number for pushing SMSes. Uh, so uh, so I think uh, the benefits of uh, uh, watchtowers can be around these areas of communicating uh, to the node, but uh, even if the node has has been shut down for a while. So how do you broadcast this message to the end user?
0: Uh, that's clever as well. yeah, that's a good idea as well. I, obviously then that's also the privacy aspect, but the user would opt into that, I presume so they would mm-hmm. know and obviously they would want to know if they're they're losing money or they're about to lose money. Um, and it's interesting as well the the time locking component there. So from my earlier conversation with Connor about where we spoke about watchtowers in LND uh, and he spoke about currently LD scales that, csv the relative time lock check sequence verify based on the amount placed into that channel and i i, I recall as well with eclair when the eclair mobile android wallet uh, lightning wallet came out and they wanted to have incoming uh, receive capacity they expanded that csv time window and i think it's a similar concept here because the yeah. idea is your mobile might be offline for a few days maybe you mm. went on a hike and you're out of reception and at this time, somebody could try to cheat you theoretically.
1: Mm-hmm. For us, it was a def- it is, to, is is the tension between uh, f- we don't want to lock the user funds if he wants to close the channels uh, from on on one hand. For on another, uh, on the other end, we do want to provide uh, a good experience in terms of security. So uh, there is a reasonable scenario that you're going into a hike or going to to, to a vacation. And your phone is uh, is uh, shut down for a couple of days. So for us, it was uh, the the is to find the right uh, number that will you know mitigates the different uh, uh, the different uh, uh, the different advantages. Um, I think it also it makes sense to 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 have uh, something more dynamic. Uh, but in the breeze uh, in the breeze architecture. Uh, actually all the channels are funded in a predefined amount. So it doesn't really help us. It helps us right now. Maybe there will be a way to change that in the future. There will be a way to change that in the future uh, using slicing and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing as well. There's so many of these amazing kind of ideas coming down the line, and then it's a question of how do those also get incorporated into the world with things like AMP and splicing and dual-funded channels? Mm-hmm. So for
1: us, you know the, 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 way to, the way that we handle these innovations is by looking at the user experience that we want to provide and then using the right technology and the right innovations that helps provide the value. So we have like a top-down approach rather than a bottom-up approach. It's not like that we're using everything that that is uh, that is uh, popping out. Uh, we we use uh, we 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 have a, a very a very clear vision of what the, of the user experience that we want to provide to our end users, and then we leverage the right technology in order to provide that.
0: Yeah, fascinating stuff. I think it's um really interesting to see the way it evolves out and how there's different there's different wallets and people are taking different philosophies and approaches so i suppose we're pretty much coming to the end of the time but maybe roy if you just want to tell the listeners if they want to if they want to get breeze wallet or if they want to get in contact with you how do they find breeze wallet and how do they find you uh, yes
1: so i encourage you everyone uh, to to download and use uh, our 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 product uh, you can find the uh, The downloads in our website, uh, uh, Breeze.technology. I also would love to get feedback. Uh, So we have a very active uh, Telegram group. Uh, Also, uh, you can find a link in our website. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Medium. I'm on Telegram. Hit me.
0: All right. Well, look, thanks very much, Roy. I appreciate you taking the time and I had a really interesting uh, discussion with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Stefan, and uh,
0: have a great day. So there's a lot to unpack in that one. LSPs and liquidity, submarine swaps, Routing and a lot more. So while I think we're in our hodl phase, I do find Lightning Network really cool and how it's building out so quickly. Let me know your thoughts. My Twitter DMs are open at Stefan Lavera or email me, Stefanlevera at pm.me. Subscribe to the show and find the show notes and the transcript at stefanlevera.com. Transcripts will now be done for every episode, so hopefully that helps for people who like to read. Check out the sponsors, Kraken, Unchained Capital and Manning Publications, they make this show possible. Reminder, if you like it, share the episode on social media or in your chat groups. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you soon.